Hello, Zen Founder listeners. Brooke Bergman Parr here with you again this week, your relationship specialist and coach here with Zen Founder, bringing you information, conversation, and reflection on all things relationship. So today is Veterans Day, a day that in the United States of America, we honor those who have served in the U.S. military. Today is a day that we recognize and honor the incredible sacrifice, grit, resilience, and courage of our service folks. And in honor of Veterans Day, I had the opportunity to speak with Chad Conley, an active duty Green Beret service member, about his own service, about his marriage and relationships, and about his pretty special nonprofit, 50 for the Fallen which is an organization dedicated to supporting anyone who has lost someone, which is mostly all of us, around a very, very long walk, 50 miles to be precise. And Chad and I talk about what happens when all of us, veteran and non-veteran alike, simply decide to listen to each other tell our stories, because that is often what happens on these long 50-mile walks. And what happens is that the magic of connection happens. I really enjoy getting to know Chad more and hearing more of his story about the work he is doing both in the military, for military folks, and really for all of us. Chad exudes the heart of a true warrior, someone who is dedicated to elevating the existence of humanity. And today, we celebrate the folks who are brave enough to say, I want to serve. I sure hope you enjoy listening to Chad as much as I did. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs. And I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. So welcome, Chad, to the Zen Founder podcast. I am so happy and honored that you are joining me for this conversation about veterans and relationships and how we can support veterans and strengthening our own families and learning through them and their stories. Chad, I would love for you to share a little bit about your service with the military and and what your experience with that was. How long were you in? What branch were you in? All that wonderful stuff. Would you mind sharing sharing with the Zen Founder listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, Brooke, no problem. So everybody, my name is Chad County, and I am still an active duty Green Beret. I retired July of 2023. So for the almost last 20 years, I have been a Green Beret with a Special Forces unit. And throughout my time, I have uh, deployed many times to Iraq, Afghanistan, parts of Eastern Europe, and other places. I came in to do this in 2003 with the idea that I was going to be a linguist, 
and a silver-tongued devil of a recruiter talked me in from being a linguist to trying out for special forces. Luckily, I had the mental and physical aptitudes and capabilities that made me able to get through the course and have a very fun and rewarding career in special forces. So as a Green Beret, I am in the United States Army, and I am attached to one of the special forces units. Wow. Okay. First of all, Chad, thank you for your continuing service for our country. So you you went in as a linguist thinking that you were going to talk to people and translate. Like that is an interesting shift to go from linguist to special forces. What made you so brave to say, yeah, I think I could do this? What made me brave was yeah. really a brave. It was, mm. to be quite honest, running away from a um impoverished area i was uh, uh, i just wanted to get away and get out and i knew okay. if i became a linguist i would have a job and a skill that would be viable outside of the military and that's why i wanted to do it i joined because my my father got very sick when i was 12 and i raised my sister from the age of 12 on until night i was 19 when he died oh and wow those seven years i had to really find out who i was as a person and there are certain things that will change your outlook on life. One of those is hunger. Going to bed hungry yeah. makes you a very tough person mentally and emotionally. And there'd be times where I would go to bed hungry so my sister could eat more. And mm. that just is what it is. But I wouldn't change it because I am the person I am today because of that. But it's my younger life and my experiences I had that turned me into the individual that was able to do those things. But being a linguist was something I thought I could do that would give me something outside of being able to just being in the military, but a recruiter talked me into also learning a language while being a Green Beret because it's part of being a Green Beret. Sure. And luckily I speak Arabic and I uh, am pretty versed in French. I would not say I'm fluent because I don't dream in French, but I, I can carry on a conversation and read and understand anything I hear. Hmm. But yeah, it, it came from a, a, a tougher childhood. I mean, mine's not the toughest and I'm not here to compare, you know, with other people's lives. We all have to carry our own burdens but that's what started it sure and i was able to go through and deal with those challenges and through those challenges the other stuff just became easy (laughs) so it was a it was a resilience building exercise to say the least chad what strikes me so much about your story that i think a lot of our listeners can relate to it so a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs And I find that many entrepreneurs also come from maybe more challenging backgrounds. And I love that you you have such a positive view of the challenges that you had while growing up. And you have such a solid view of your sense of duty and also acceptance. And I'm even going to say love for your sister and a broader sense of purpose that now you've extended to to many, many folks. I'm curious, though, I'm, I'm just listening to you and you are such a strong, well-balanced person. Do you find that your well-balancedness is common in your in your situation, in the in the Green Berets? I would. I, I would find that many of us come from varied backgrounds, of course. Mm-hmm. We have individuals who have friends of mine with much tougher stories than me, and some who actually came from very, very wealthy homes who decided to 
join the military and serve, but we all have the ability to see and do more. And mm. that comes, we are, I mean, they psychologically select us as much as they physically select us. And you'd see that the resilience that I have is carried over into many special operations communities, mm. whether it's mine, the Navy, or others. So one of the questions that I have is, I know that you have a family, and I'm curious, what would you say are some of the traits that being a special forces officer has given you that you just have cultivated over the years that has then supported you in your family life? You know, being a special forces non-commissioned officer, a master sergeant, as I am, the things that you see, a lot of it comes into just listening. Because if you're working with people who don't come from your background, don't come from your side of the world, and don't speak your language, you have to be able to come to common ground. And that is the same thing as I, you know, will have with my wife, where I will admit many times she is right, and I pick at and stubborn. It's not just true. It's true. <laughs> and you know, and her family's German, so she comes from a very rational, this is this kind of mindset mentality, which I love because I'm a dreamer. Hmm. And being able to find our common ground, which uh. is the same thing that you do while deployed, or the same thing you do when you're talking to somebody and you have a business, or you're trying to do some deal, or work through some mm -hmm. conflict, it's all the same. Where are we at? How are we trying to get there? And what are those, the roadblocks in our way? And many times they're much smaller than we think they are. Chad, I, I love how you actually um, just broaden that out from the world to really the most intimate of our relationships, which is where I deal in. But really, all relationships are the same. And the idea is trying to find that common ground, that connection. And so you're, what you're talking about is just this ability to listen and then to connect and even to put yourself aside. And I think that that's really, really wonderful. How, I have a fun question. How did you meet your wife? You know, funny enough, I was, I, I was always single, Chad, to say. I was always single when I deployed uh -huh. and never had, you know, a girlfriend during that time because I wasn't able to give them the time they deserved to do a, uh, a real relationship. Sure. So it wasn't until we got back from our, my last Afghanistan trip with the, this team, and we went and um, did a cold weather expedition, climbed uh, Denali. So we come down from Denali and on the way down and on the trip back, I'm telling the guys, yeah, I might try to go out there and see what's out there, you know? <laughs> and ended up going to Match.com of all things. <laughs> I go on Match.com, I'm like, yeah, I'll put a profile out there. So I throw it out to the sea. Sure. And my wife reached out to me. Uh... And, you know, <laughs> We say, hey, I, and I had just bought this house, so we say, hey, let's meet up, we'll do this. Well, I had messaged her and said, hey, I can't today, even though we made plans. I've been at my friend's house, who's from the Netherlands, and we were watching the World Cup. This was in 2014, we were watching <laughs> the World Cup, when um, Belgium beat the Netherlands, and he is just angry at the world because the Netherlands lost. And I'm there commiserating with him, and I tell her that, and she's like, well, aren't you going to be a man of your word? We said we were going to do this. <laughs> your family. I love her, yeah. Oh my gosh, amazing. <laughs> it is amazing because it says, she's telling me my time is worth, is worth this. Yeah. So let's do this. And I ended up meeting her and from the mm. moment I saw her smile, it was over. 
Aww. So through Match.com, sure. we, uh, we're connected, and now we have an amazing baby girl. Aww. So I, I, yeah, we're, we're that success story. So yeah. Yeah. By the way, this episode is not is not uh, sponsored by Match.com, <laughs> but yeah, no, but no. I do I do love these kinds of stories because I feel like you know the internet has just widened our widened our capability to meet different folks outside of um, you know our our normal circles. Which when you're meeting somebody new, that's often what you need. So you have a baby girl. How old is she? Uh, she is 22 months. Today, she just turned 22 months at 2.22 Mountain Standard Time. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Okay, so like 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah, just a couple minutes ago. We celebrate her birthday every Monday. She was born on a Monday, and then we celebrate her birthday every month. So we're always kissing and loving on that girl. Oh, that's, (laughs) that's really, really sweet, Chad. I love that. So... A more maybe challenging question is how um, how does the your deployment affect um, your wife and little lady? Yeah. Yeah. Look, luckily, I can say that since meeting Lisa, I have not had to deploy. I, um, oh, okay. I came back to my rack in 2011. Ah, okay. Shock, and they did not know why. I was just going the anaphylaxis. Oh. About twice a month, full anaphylactic shock. I hit it for the military as best I could, went on another deployment mm. in 2013 to 14, where my body was constantly going in anaphylaxis. I come back, the military finds out, and I'm not able to deploy anymore. But I'm able to stay in and serve. Oh, okay. I get, you know, we meet, we're married, and we're happy now because I'm not deploying, but I'm still wow. able to give back to the military and, you know, my job. And that's through some of the positions I take in and what I do now. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Well, then let me broaden it out to some of the uh, people that you work with. What would you say some of their challenges are when they deploy and how do they stay connected and how do they maybe not stay connected? What are some of the challenges and the strengths that you've seen? Yeah, I can actually absolutely talk on that. Um, In the units that I work in, we are very small and we are a family, so mm-hmm. I'm able to see and really peer into the lives of my teammates. And a lot of them who have children and are married or children and divorced or just, you know, have a spouse or a significant other, it's knowing when to share and what to share mm-hmm. and always being there to, to communicate. Because with technology today, you can speak to someone around the world. Right now, I'm in Colorado, you're in California, but we could be on the other side of the planet and still have this conversation. Sure. And people in my teams, they've done that. And it's being able to check in with your family and celebrate all of the big stuff, but magnify the small stuff. So I would mm. see that with some of my guys with their children to where they would do something, draw something, have a sport or whatever. And they would be in there, he or she would be in there on that computer or on the phone talking to their kids, their you know, loved one about what happened. And just totally as a friend of mine, Derek Witzke would say, lean in they would be all into the conversation because if you can't be there you have to you know just immerse yourself in all that you can and it's tough i've seen some of the strongest hardest men i know cry over missing their kids Mm. and i understand having my daughter yeah that'd be tough and i i don't under i don't 
I don't envy any of them for having yeah. to go through that, but I know they're stronger people for it. I was one, it was odd. So we come back in 2011 from a trip, and we've been in Iraq for about 10, 11 months, and we got back March 30th. March 31st, we fly in, so it's the night of the 30th, we fly in the 31st, and there are all the families, and we don't do the big fanfare you see that people do when they come back. It's us and our family. We get off a plane, hmm. there's nothing there, it's just us quiet, and we go. And these kids, some of oh. them became toddlers in the time that their father or mother was gone. Now are coming home to see this child that they've been watching grow and evolve these last few you know, months, yeah. not recognize them. And Ooh. I was just, I, yeah, I was talking about that day, today to a friend of mine, how they go through that. And they said it's the hardest, most humbling thing to reintroduce yourself to your child and to give them the grace they need. And mm. I imagine it being the same in, um, if you're in any kind of business or professional sport where you're gone a lot and then you come home to your children, there's always that reintegration period. Hmm. Whereas I was, like I said, I was always single chat. So I'd come home and I'd, I'd get my yoga mat, I'd go <laughs> meditate and I'd go ski for a week by myself hmm. just to like make sure I was good where these guys and gals would get off a plane and immediately, hey, here's your kids. And sure. I cannot give them enough praise for being able to do that. I don't know how a parent because we have to, it's our job, and we do this because we're called to by our nation to serve, but I don't know how they are able to do that. It is one of the most humbling and awe-inspiring things to see a parent wish his child happy birthday over Skype yeah. and have to go out for a 36-hour mission and do what we have to do to you know other people. So it's, it's amazing to see those people. Sure. They are inspiring and incredible. And I love the word reintegration because there is a, and a reintroduction uh, because when somebody is gone for that long, there is that, hey, I am me and you are you. And, and now we have to, you know, learn to live together again because so much of family life is just living day to day and the routine of dinner and the dishes and the this and the that and you know, the the day-to-day -day work routine, but military uh, missions are nothing like the domestic. <laughs> Even somebody who goes to goes to work or the office every day, it's nothing like it's nothing like the missions that you're describing. What do you think these folks need more of in terms of support from maybe the general public? Just what do you think they need more of? Okay. Um, I'll answer this as Chad. Yeah. Not the military side. Ah, okay. Yes, yes. Yes. Good clarification. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. So my opinion is, first thing is the people doing the job, not the civilian public, not, you know, just regular society, the people doing the job need to realize it's okay to talk about the job. Hmm. And I came from a place where some things you, you can't talk about, and it's just what it is. Yeah. But you can talk about a lot of stuff. So being able to let it go and actually sure. communicate with one another, with your spouses, with people you care about, you don't have to tell them about the bad stuff and the gore, but you could tell them about things going on. So it's not bottled up inside of you and you're not carrying around this emotional boulder. Yeah. Once they start doing that, and say that's done, okay. Then what's the civilian population to do with, people like me who have done this is understand that we're doing our job now sometimes they may not agree with it sometimes 
you know, it is what it is. But understand that we've chosen to do this job. It's our profession. And, you know, just like them going to their office nine to five, it's, it's what we're doing now. Ours is different. And sometimes our nine to five is a 10 or 11 month or longer deployment. Mm. But that's what it is. Give that grace. Now, in openness and communication, I think on both sides, there needs to be there needs to be that like, hey, military people, it's okay to get on a yoga mat. It's okay to sit for five minutes to 30 minutes to whatever and quietly breathe and meditate and let your mind open to thoughts and let those thoughts go on and to be there. Hmm. Civilian population. It's okay to know that these people do this stuff <laughs> and they do other stuff too. And at the end of the day, we're all just people because after 20 years, guess what? I'm not going to be in the military anymore. I'll be back to saying gen, gen pop. Yeah. So everybody just needs to realize we're just mm. doing our job. Whether you're in the military or not, we're just doing our job. Now, if you're sure. in the military, we got a really cool job. And this nation, you got to be grateful to this nation for letting you do this job. Mm. Because, it, I mean, there's not many other jobs where I get to go from mountaintop to mountaintop to New Zealand to Denali to mm. parts in Scandinavia. You know, I, actually, I'm very fortunate. I'm also very fortunate to have the support of a loving family in Ohio, a loving family in Colorado, and great people in my community that, that get it. So I think first thing both sides need to do is just talk to one another and be like, hey, I don't understand what you did in the military, but <laughs> that's cool. You just want to talk? Okay, great. And just yeah. start with that. Which to segue, that's how 50 for the Fallen started. Perfect. It was a, it was a conversation. It was me going out for 50 miles, talking to my friends. Um, a lot of it was via phone and social media, talking to my friends about why I'm doing this and who I'm doing it for. And then we just got to discuss, discussing, you know, why are they doing it? And these are people who are in the military. And before you know it, you know, we did 50 miles and um, emotionally and mentally, I felt better. Feet retired. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> sure. I, uh, so this 50 for the Fallen, you're inviting non-military folks into this as well. Can you explain that piece? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, stress is stress. And yeah. that's one thing we need to realize is everyone has stress. Mm-hmm. And no one is more important than another. But we mm-hmm. can all be there for one another and help each other through that stress. And 50 for the Fallen gives that invite to where if you want to know what some of these guys and gals in the military go through, hmm. or if you're in the military and want to know what a professional athlete or celebrity or successful person or just a regular civilian's day to day is for 50 miles in 18 hours, you got nothing but mileage in front of your feet. <laughs> and that whole time, there's no music. It's just conversations and you're able to open up. You know, I, I don't like to say it's like a, a drum circle and everyone cries, but hmm. people are allowed to do whatever they want during that time. And it's just be open. And sure. Once again, there's so many similarities between the military and the civilian life and everything, and there are things that are different. Sure. But there's a time you can get together and just have a conversation with one another, and at the end of it, you feel better because everybody's doing it for someone else. I have a lot of friends of mine who have done these events who are not in the military, and they have friends that they've lost to suicide, to drug abuse, to cancer, to other things, and for that 50 miles and 18 hours, they want to show their people that are gone that they're still living for them. Hmm. And that's the core of it. We're alive and we should celebrate the impact that these people made on our lives. We should not just mourn their loss. Well, and there's something to walking together, right? And, and the movement of walking and talking 
together. I, I love this idea of celebrating being alive, but also, um, yeah, honoring those who have gone before us, veteran and non-veteran alike, um, but sort of taking that, I want to say, disciplined attitude from the military, because that is something that is something that I think of that actually I try to instill in my clients, right, is that oftentimes love and relationship is going to require discipline, (laughs) you know, and it's going to require uh, putting one foot in front of the other and walking and talking, even though maybe it's challenging that day, right? There's no like, oh, this is going to be super easy, right? Like, (laughs) I'm sure when your daughter was up in the middle of the night, you know, it's like, it's not easy, but we do it out of love and out of discipline. Um, And I think that that's actually an important component of love and relationships that we, um, what I'm picking up on, Chad, is that you have an understanding of and that this event is actually promoting, right? But also it's, what a beautiful tribute to also meet yourself and really meet others, especially in this day and age where, uh, you know, people are feeling so lonely after the pandemic to really just say, hey, let's Let's do this thing together. Let's walk 50 miles and let's let's connect. Now, can people do this um, solo or together? Or how is this um, how is this organized? So how, it, how it's been organized in the past, and I say in the past because in 2023, there's a different trajectory, is I will put it on the calendar. I'll pick a location and I'll invite people and we'll go out and do the event. I'll find a local nonprofit or I'll work with somebody to make sure we take care of people Hmm. and we go out and do it. And the one coming up in Oahu is that way. A friend of mine who lives out there, she and I were discussing this and that turned into working with a traffic children's shelter, Ola Naapua, Pearl Haven. It just was a word of mouth and me reaching out to people. And if people want to, you know, be involved in this one or they want to, participate volunteer or do a satellite where they are totally fine Um, oh okay because you'll find that yeah just being together and disengaging from all of this technology and re-engaging with yourself your loved ones and your community there's magic in that so Mm. it wasn't that long ago but that's all we had before we were you know all staring down in our hands of (laughs) cell phone yeah so that's what it is they can go to the website the uh, 54 the fallen so five zero in the words for the fallen.com they can find it on instagram you can also email me if you have questions chad at 50 for the fallen.com i answer everything and we can talk about it the um trajectory and the change in 23 is we'll be doing um partnered events with a very large organization that will be highlighting this and we'll be taking care of still local nonprofits and attacking mental health on the military side Mm. because a lot of our mental health is, um, it's not addressed with us. You'll get a Mm. lot of people saying, oh, I'm good. Hey man, how's it going? I'm good, I'm up. And yeah, of course they're not. Now when you start doing something like working out with them, like most of our therapy, I'll tell you what, (laughs) and it's done under a squat rack. uh, (laughs) Yeah. On the range shooting. And that's where guys and gals will open Mm. up because that's where they're most vulnerable and they walls are down. 
Yeah. Same thing doing the 50 miler. Middle sure. of the night, there's always magic. When yep. they're working and they're tired, and then the conversations happen. Yeah. And I wait for that. I wait for that moment of stillness because someone's going to open up, and then mm. it's just, you know, this like avalanche of sharing. And it's not like everyone's holding each other and crying, but there are just conversations that happen that people at the end of it are like, I haven't thought about that, said that, or worked through that in a very long time or ever. Sure. this event gives you that. It gives you the chance to, one, physically test yourself, because how many people go out and walk 50 miles? Yeah. <laughs> Not that I can't say that I have. <laughs> yeah. So it's t- yeah, it's tough, but at the same time, when you get past the physical, you realize that you're doing it with all these other people. Mm-hmm. And together, you're accomplishing a goal that for the rest of your life you can do because you've done it. You've been through and you've tackled something as heavy as walking 50 miles in 18 hours on no sleep and at the end of the day you want to do it again <laughs> and that's that's the craziness of it is yeah. everybody after they do it they're like okay when's the next one mm. <laughs> wow it's that connection it's that yeah. openness mm-hmm. and i'm excited to see the one in oahu i'm excited to take care of the people at Ho'olanapua, which is ran by an amazing individual jessica munoz but i would I'm just excited to see where this goes in 23 as well as more people dive in and lean into these things. And, you know, 50 isn't the only one. Many Hmm. people are doing their thing to get away from what we have and get back to who we are. Hmm. And I don't care what you do. If not 50 miles in 18 hours, (laughs) good. That's that 50 miles in 18 hours physically sucks. (laughs) I understand what it does for you at the end. If it's something else, go with it. Yeah. But if you want to do this with us, jump in. If you want to do this on your own, message me. I have a training plan. I'll walk you through what you need. Or if you want to just do a couple miles with us. A friend of mine, Ryan Mickler, he and his family, in the event we did, Memorial Day of 2020, he and his family own a property in Maine. It is a one-mile lap around their place. So everybody in the family took turns walking one mile each. And by the end of the day, he and his wife and children had knocked it out. Wow. And it was a huge sense of accomplishment for his kids at the time because they were younger. Yeah. And it was just this great thing. But if you want to be a part, be a part. You can do one mile. You can do 50. Mm. Or just go out and reconnect with people. Mm. Because that's all this is. It's just sharing and reconnecting and getting back to who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And... And I'm also struck, I'm, I mean, my mind is just thinking about so many things as we're talking, Chad, um, about the power of moving our bodies. I've, over the past, you know, number of years started offering walk and talk therapies, especially during the pandemic, um, that I found to be people really enjoyed uh, because it got them out of that clinical setting. I would do home visits, do all these kind of different things to um, make it safer to to share and to open up. But Chad, I think we're do- we're basically doing the same job. <laughs> uh, no, you're you're doing. I'm not. I'm just well, a kid who got lucky and has now oh. a very fulfilling life. Oh. One thing I do offer is. When we do these march, we do these rucks, um, a ruck march, and you know, you put a pack on your back and walk. Huh. When we do these, I always have someone there who is a licensed clinical social worker, uh-huh. a therapist, a counselor, a psychologist. Mm-hmm. You know, I always make sure somebody is there yeah. who can talk to these people if they really need it. If they just want to sure. talk and open, 
come on board. We'll all be open together. Yeah. If you need someone a little more, there's always someone there. I'm not going to tell you who they are, <laughs> but you can guess. But there's yeah. always somebody there who is a therapist and somebody mm. there who wants to be there and help. So sure. each of my events, I always have somebody there, and they're there to communicate and more listen and take it in. And then afterwards, if there's something said or needs to be brought up, mm-hmm. they'll talk to them offline. Sure. Chad, I'm so um, grateful for you and this project that you're doing. Again, we'll include all of this information um, on the post on our promotion of this uh, podcast episode. Uh, but again, it's 50 for the fallen. Is that, is that the website 50 for the fallen.com? Yes, it is. Um, 50 for the fallen.com. There are three different places there. If you'd like, okay. to give. you can give to us because we travel by donation and this one to a Wahoo costs a little more, but we're taking that. But before you think about giving to us, please think about giving to Ho'o'a Napua and what they are doing for these um, rescued children that mm. they are rescuing from, you know, human and sex trafficking you know, okay. in Hawaii, in Texas, in Florida, and other states. The pandemic was tough for all of us, but it was increasingly hard for these children yeah. who were locked in these homes and places with their predators. Mm. And as soon as the nation opened back up, people were allowed to be rescued. That was a hard time for them. So the organization now is trying to find as many kids as they can and help them mm-hmm. out. They do everything on their place from physical, mental, and emotional therapies to sports to music to any kind of creative outlet to help these kids. And they do it in one of the most beautiful places, you know, on earth. Sure. Yeah, the pandemic. I mean, I, I remember when the shutdown happened, I remember actually thinking that this is going to be really tough on the kids, Um, I mean, it's been tough on everybody, but I knew that the kids would pay one of the biggest prices. Chad, I am so honored and blessed to have had this conversation with you. Um, And I want to keep talking with you. (laughs) But I know, I hope that I will get the chance when uh, I go out to Colorado next. I really, really appreciate your time and energy and heart. And, and the spirit with which you're spreading, spreading the love and also spreading um, strength and hope and resilience, which I really see as um, a cornerstone of your project, 50 for the Fallen, is really promoting connection and resilience, which are incredibly uh, necessary skills for mental health, uh, whether you're talking about family work or your business. As you said, we're all the same (laughs) in many ways, uh, and we all need to find ways to be more connected and be more resilient. So thank you so much, Chad. I really, really appreciate you being with me today. grateful and humble that you'd have me and for anybody that listens um when you get done listening to this listen to the whole thing then go out talk to someone look them in the eye have that moment Mm. and make it a better day and Mm. get off your phone (laughs) yep get off the phone as soon as this podcast episode finishes (laughs) i love it (laughs) all right Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. 
You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.